Hi, welcome back to EQ vs IQ with Orla and me, Martin. Our guest for this recording is Loman, a fellow engineer whose true nerdy passions lie in music. The show starts with me deciding to pay respect to some interesting words in the English language that you can use to spice up everyday conversation. Orla then gives us some fun facts about serial killers. For the movie, Loman has picked Whiplash. We pay tribute to our favourite scenes, pick apart some of the logistics, and discuss the extent of the character's devotion to succeeding as musicians. Finally, we decide to shine a light on the flat earther's less popular relatives, the hollow earthers. Is there a secret utopia beneath us with gigantic people and plants? Or is it where Hitler is hiding to this day? Find out on today's episode. Yeah, we have Loman here with us. Yes, we've known our engineer. I'm outnumbered. Good to be here. Upset. (laughs) Thank you for coming in. I'm excited because I watched the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I've never been so portrayed in my life as last week. I'm sorry. You know, we still contributed a good conversation. You didn't know until the very end. We tried. So we just get straight into it? Yeah, go straight in. You start because okay. you're better. So when, when we first did this radio show, I was like, oh, I want to try and cover as many like nerdy topics as possible. And one I've been avoiding so far is English. Like I, I just never liked English <laughs> in school. I thought it was kind of boring. Okay. It wasn't for me. But I decided this is going to be the week. Great. Because I was on Instagram. Yeah. And of course, the best content on Instagram is screenshots taken from Tumblr. Yes. I'm not going to lie, as much as I didn't like English, I do love posts of posts on Tumblr yeah. telling me why English is very interesting and fantastic. One of the things I saw the other day was interesting words and their definitions. And so I have some of my favorite ones here. Okay. Hit us with it. Some interesting ones. The main one of the post, which is why this was written, is called defenestration. Which is a word for to throw someone out of a window. No way. Yeah, there's an official word for that. Lingable, yeah. which is meant to be licked. Can you start using these in like everyday yeah. language? 100%. <laughs> like, my lollipop is lingable. <laughs> Valid sentence. <laughs> this one this one might be my favorite of the ones on the, on the post, which is cornable, which is to slap or beat someone with a fish. And are these real? Did you look these up? Yeah, no, I checked the dictionary before. We have a-a, which is just spelt literally an a and an a. Okay. Which is a kind of volcanic lava with rough, jagged surface covered with loose clinkers. It's very descriptive, isn't it? Now, I know what the next question is. Martin, what's a clinker? So I looked that up too. And a clinker is a rock made by burning coal seams. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, this this one is the one I want. This is the one I want to use in my everyday life. Okay. This is like when I'm... I hope this becomes adopted by anybody listening. And that's Calipigian. No. And I, it means having a nice ass. Using a sentence? Oh, look over there. She's Calipigian. <laughs> She's Calipigian. Yeah, it's an adjective. You, you would say someone's Calipigian if they have a nice ass. In the club. Next in, in the club. Like, we're oh, going to have an odds. And no one's going to know either. You could be talking about someone and be like, oh, they're Calipigian. And no one's going to know what you're saying. It's a, like it's really classy way of being like classy. Oh, yeah. Calipigian. You could when I say Calipigian, you imagine like me a wearing pigeon. a monocle or something. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. About. Different brains. Okay. I'm like wearing I have a mustache, monocle, little tuxedo on, I'm like, oh with a little teacup and Calipigian. Okay. That's how posh people I, talk. I, I, I do parties. like that one. That's kind of when I started to run out of real ones that I thought were good. So I, okay. I decided to go and pick three from Urban Dictionary as well. Of course. This one just because I thought it was so stupid to even give this a phrase. It's marry the ketchups. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know. Apparently, this is a thing that people do all the time, which is why it needs a phrase. But it's when you have two half-empty bottles of ketchup oh, you and put you just them together. Pour, marry the ketchup. I like that. 
That's, yeah. But when did, have, have you ever done that? No, because usually it'd be rare enough to have two bottles of ketchup on the go, especially at get, home. My you get the little human. opening as well. You're just going to get a mess going on. No, 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 man. You Twisty. open it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not that small. Like, it's like that big. Yeah, but if you're trying to... <laughs> no, um, but like, <laughs> It's not oh. easy to marry the ketchups. <laughs> if but, only we had this recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> stoned pony, which is just another way of saying high horse. <laughs> Get off your stone pony. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. That I laughed. I, I was like in the one. labs earlier laughing at that one. And then I decided to look up our names. Oh, God. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's not look good for the two of you. Because I, I, I tried I to... I know there's, none. There's, only, there's, there's only one definition for Loman. Great okay. king. No, not an urban dictionary. <laughs> not an urban dictionary. Uh, apparently... In urban dictionary? Yeah, there's only one definition for Loman, and it's a, it's a derogatory name for African-Americans. And then, oh, no. I don't know why you're making that face, Orla, because it does not get better for you. <laughs> I'm not. Because okay. Orla is a derogatory name for Native Americans <laughs> <laughs> in Canada. Because normally when you look up names, it's just like, oh, so great, so pretty. Yeah, so. well, it's Golden Girl in Irish. Also, it's Vomit in Irish. So I don't is know. It? Yeah, apparently. I just make Orla in the morning yeah. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah. I looked up Martin yeah, as well. Yeah, go on, Martin. What's yours then? Absolute nightmare. There was so many. I was 13 pages on <laughs> Urban Dictionary. And I, yeah, it was the top one. No, because I don't know. Really want to Entered talk about Entered by his best Why friends. Why are you not allowed? Oh. Uh, do you know what actually what yeah. exactly is word for word? Yeah. A guy who's shy but has a big penis. <laughs> that is word for word. <laughs> the top Written by Martin himself <laughs> <Yeah>. on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Most of them are. On there, Martin Conley. <laughs> one of them was the boy who shows up at the party and eats all, eats all the jalapenos. <laughs> And I was like, also written by you. <laughs> that is accurate. That. And then the other one is, it's a verb, which means to have sex with someone so hard that they're disabled. Like you just got martined. <laughs> you can't say that <laughs> when I'm drinking rosemary. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> I know. No, because I remember in second year, Cider would always be like, oh, that's such a martin thing to do. Yeah, now, <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> He looked at Urban Dictionary as soon as he like, met you. Thank That's my. You that. I have one last really interesting Go thing on. about the English language, which is, you know, words that are both a noun and a verb. So like record, like you can record something yeah, or it can be a record. Yeah. Well, the difference between all those words is for all the nouns, you put the emphasis on the first half of the word. And for all the verbs, you put the emphasis on the second. So you say record or record. I have I have more examples. This is not just so oh it's God. abstract or it's abstract. So emphasis on the second half for the verb. You abstract something. Contract or contract on the second half for the verb. So like Martin and Martin. <laughs> Martin, yeah. So if you say Martin, you it's Martin. someone who's had a penis. Martin. You're, you're not walking. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> wow, that is that actually blew my mind. Yeah, I know it's oh fantastic. God, brain back at it again. So, so thank you, Tumblr, for putting it on Instagram. I love them Tumblr posts. Oh HBO is on Twitter as well. Yeah, that was like the and base Facebook. of my humor from Ty to leave insert. Like that's all I watched. Right. I joined Tumblr because I was supposed thinking it was like no. that. It's not like it's just no. not what Tumblr is. I actually is. recently relogged back into my Tumblr. Dark. Dark, 14 year old me, it'd be weird stuff, and then like, One Direction, and then like, another, like, I'm sad, and then One Direction, and then like, Rihanna, and then One Direction, and I was like, oh god. But yeah, so I logged back out, I think I'm going to delete it. Was, was your Tumblr something you kept kind of secret, like you didn't tell anyone about your Tumblr? It was yeah, like your thing. it was like yeah. me and my other friend, she wouldn't tell me, because she'd come up with all these like really nice pictures, and I'm like, where are you getting them from? And she's like, a secret place, and I was like, what the f***? Okay. <laughs> <My secret laughs> yeah. And then like one day, she was on her Tumblr, and then I was like, hey, that looks like... 
and then I joined and then yeah it was just a weird place yeah and I thought it was deleted but it's not so my tumblr is still out there but no one's see I never knew anyone who had a tumblr see like she got you into it yeah but I feel like it was a certain type of people that really used Tumblr. Like, I just kind of scrolled. Good. Mine was stupid. It wasn't like a blog. It was just like random pictures. that I was like, that's nice. Someone getting their nails done. I was like, re-blog. Like, <laughs> you know, there's nothing that funny. Like. But anyway, I... Yes, let's know. Once again, left the last minute. I was in a tutorial there today. Criminal psychology, mm-hmm. um, which is my favourite. And we were talking... He, only four people showed up. Um, so he panicked and was like, okay, I don't actually know what you want to do. So we ended up looking at BuzzFeed Unsolved. And I was going to bring in an unsolved case, but the one we watched was a bit boring. So I'm going to try and get another one and bring it in another week. Okay, exciting. But got me thinking. He was like joking around, being like, ha ha ha, what's your favorite serial killer? And I was like, Ted Bundy, straight away. And then he was like, you know, I'm a different answer to that. And I was like, okay. But anyway, I love serial killers. I think they're really interesting. I literally I said, the last thing I said to him before I walked over is, I was obsessed with criminals. Love it. I don't know why. I just, I think serial killers are so interesting. They're, I'm not glorifying what they do, but what they do is so interesting and why. So I looked up some random facts about them. Jeffrey Dahmer, we all know Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah, pulled a lot of high school pranks. The prankster. <laughs> he was such a prankster. They just go a bit too serious. Yeah. yeah. So he had a reputation for pulling pranks on his classmates, like bleating like a sheep in the middle of class, faking epileptic episodes. And he also became so well known for his antics that pranking a person became known in his school as doing a Dahmer. Really? Yeah. Doing Sorry. a Dahmer. Then he was a serial killer, so I don't think anyone said that anymore. Now, yeah. you might know this, but Rodney Al- Alcala, I actually don't really know him, but I know the story. He was on a dating game, like a TV show, and made his killing spree. So, like, while he was in the middle of killing all these people, he was on this TV show. Basically, like, blind dates. So, like, he was the man, and there was three girls, and he had to pick one. She was going on a date with him, and, like, this was kind of his whole MO. Like, he'd kind of meet girls and whatever, and then kill them. But she ended up, when she won, she changed her mind, and then ended up not going on the date, because she thought he was really creepy. So she survived. But it's, like, scary, because, like, he, you know, Recruiter from the TV show. Fair play to her instincts. Yeah, trust your gut. Yeah. Richard Chase only broke into houses that were unlocked. He was nice about it. <laughs> He's like, I'll kill you, but like, you won't have to like get new locks on the doors. It was also kind of like, you know, you're stupid. So he'd break into their house and Yeah, like... but if their door was unlocked, he wouldn't break a lock to get in. He wouldn't, he'd actually just But then walk he'd in. kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> he was known as the Vampire of Sacramento um, and he had a very peculiar code. So he felt that unlocked houses were an invitation to enter and locked doors meant he wasn't welcome. So it was kind of a twisted version of a vampire needed to be invited in. Ted Bundy. Your favourite. My man <laughs> had a different side to him. As they all do. So he actually did a lot of good things. He worked for a suicide hotline. Yeah, because he wanted to kill him himself. (laughs) He didn't want him to. (laughs) No, don't kill yourself. That's my job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he worked for a suicide hotline. He saved a child from drowning. He got a purse back for a woman that was stole, like someone stole her purse on the street and he went and got it back for her. So then the article does say that because he was a psychopath, there was an element of he's kind of doing these just to feel powerful and to feel better than others because he saved somebody yeah. and, you know what I mean and anyway, he ended up killing like 30 people so that happened Arthur Shawcross okay. saved a prison guard's life he was better known as the Genesee River Killer um, and served five years for arson and burglary but he was released after 22 months for saving a prison guard's life during a riot and he went on to kill at least 14 people and some of his murders included cannibalism wow. are any of them ever religious? I think so. I think a lot of them were. A lot of them were brought up in very religious homes. 
So like Ted Bundy could have that thing where like if he saves a life, it kind of cancels out one that he takes. So he's back to zero. Mm, I don't know about him. His mother abandoned him when he was younger. And then I think his auntie brought him up. And then I heard that his cut co- when his cousin was sleeping, he went in when he was like a child and put like a load of knives around her body while she was asleep. And then he also read like police magazines and police books that went into like very detailed facts about a crime and stuff. So he was he was always a bit of an oddball. Oh, you know, the killer clown? No. John no. Wayne Gacy? No. What? This guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. He was like, he was a client at kids' parties. <laughs> Still don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a famous one. Um, and he had a partner and family that had no idea. So he buried victims under his family home. And his mm-hmm. wife never knew. He always just told her that the smell was due to mice. And then I found another article. This is not really his fun facts. This is more BuzzFeed messed up facts. So Jeffrey Dahmer gave people in his apartment sandwiches that could have possibly been made from victim's flesh. Unconfirmed. Thin slices, wafer thin. Yeah, ham. <laughs> what? Why? Well, he was a cannibal. So? But I feel like there'd be some element he'd get off on that, of like giving it to other people, like without their knowledge. Would people ever have noticed? Probably not. That was in, isn't that in the those like Hannibal Lecter movies, like... um Red Dragon and Sons of the Lambs. I think it's in Star of Red Dragon where he like he had like he was like, having like a dinner party. Yeah. But he was having a dinner party and he was like given it was like apparently yeah. really nice food that they're all raving yeah, about it's, it. Yeah, it's definitely in like Criminal Minds and stuff. There's, I'll just do this last one because I I'm just, I could go on for hours. Okay. But the Gainesville Ripper purposefully posed his victims, their bodies, to amplify the gory scene for when the law enforcement arrived. Mm. So like he would he, like, kill people and then up. he would set it up to look way worse than it actually was. Yeah. So that when the police arrived, it looked like this mad, like crazy scene. When in reality, he probably just like shot them, and then he just like added to it for a show. So there's loads. If you just Google fun facts, yeah, it's so much fun. Oh my god, that was... <laughs> there's definitely so many red flags. I'm like, if someone's monitoring my search history, they're like, what is wrong with her? Yeah, this, about prison. It's gone from like being interested to like seeking inspiration yeah. at this point. Yeah. I, it is kind of I love it. I just think it's interesting. They're walking around. Ted Bunny's there saving someone's life from drowning. And then he goes off and kills three girls in one night. Mad. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm the only one who finds this interesting. No, no, it's it is interesting. It is. Thanks, Loman. Well, <laughs> you watched this week's movie. I did. And I loved it. Good. It was good. Loman, do you want to tell everybody what movie you picked? I went for a slightly like music themed since I'm here. It's uh, Whiplash. And mm. it's a movie by... Um, Damien Chazelle. It's basically about this guy who he runs in this music school called Schaefer. He's trying to get into this kind of like jazz band and it's underneath this kind of like instructor who's trying to get the best out of every musician that's there using kind of like unconventional methods. You you see the relationship between them like he wants to be the best drummer in the world, like up up there with the greats. Yeah, your man essentially him. tries to push them to the absolute limits to make yeah. them the best they can be. It's it, a power struggle the whole way through the movie between the two. It's so weird because there's like no good person in the movie. No. But like you can't not keep watching. What's his name? The Miles Tatter's character? Uh, Andrew Neiman. Neiman. Do you not think he was good? Do you think he was bad? I didn't think he was likable. Yeah, he, t- he turned nasty very quick, but I think he was so... I don't know, it was like he broke him down so quick and like built him up then, do you know what I mean? Like he really wanted to be the best. He did. Like he was just straight up hurled into like this abuse from him. 
And you can you have that scene where he was like started dating a girl yeah. and then he like just goes and ends it with her because he says that it's just going to end badly because yeah. he just wants to put all of his time into drumming. Yeah, like he's just straight up like, when I'm with you, I'll be thinking about drumming. And yeah. and then if you tell me no, I'm going to be annoyed. I'm going to resent you. And I was like, oh. But even like before that, like, like she was a really small part in the movie. Yeah. But it was kind of weird because, like, they went on the first date and it didn't go well. And next thing they're just going out and next thing he breaks up with her. And, like, they would, the, the relationship... Yeah, they didn't expand on it very no, much. No, not enough where I was like, I didn't feel like when they broke up, I didn't really feel bad. Oh, no, or, I think it was just there to show how dedicated he was. It was weird. I, I watched the movie and I remember just sitting there last night watching it and thinking, I have never in my life wanted anything as badly as this guy wants to be a drummer. You always think, oh, well, so I'm successful someday. Then I see that and I'm like, there's nothing I want this badly. There's nothing I've ever done where I'm like willing to go that far. Never. The yeah, instructor yeah. did help him out in the movie, though. Like at the start of the movie, he obviously like was into drumming and he got into the school and stuff. But he wasn't like practicing every day no. until after he, Terence Fletcher, became his instructor. And no. then he like pulled the mattress into the same room as the drum kit and was really dedicated yeah, but he was practicing a lot before that because that's the only reason that Terence Fletcher found him was because he was practicing. Yeah, after true. school, after hours, like he was dedicated as it is. But I think it's like it wasn't an insane level. It was just like it was just like yeah, I'm going to practice really hard and do well. Whereas then Fletcher came in and was like, "I'll take you under my wing," and everybody kind of wanted to be like he had this weird like every all, every student just wanted to be under his wing. Fletcher was a dick. What so do I, you think of J.K. Simmons' like performance? Oh, unreal. Very good. Serious. Like he was really good. But I didn't yeah, like I him. I felt, him. I felt bad. I felt Very so good. bad. He won um, an, an Oscar, Oscar for that. For yeah, he did. Best supporting actor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I felt really bad for... Because like, he was like oh, being all nice. Being like, oh, what's your mom do? What's your dad do? And he's like, oh, my mom left. And then straight away he started yeah. using that against yeah. him. I was like, oh, you are horrible. And then the like bloody twist at the end was really good. Yeah. I didn't realise that end scene was 20 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. long. But I didn't because it ended and I was like, what? And then we looked up, um, just like I always like to look up like explanations for endings. And they're like in this 20 minute long scene. And I was like, no, five minutes to me. He was milling through them drums. Yeah. I love that. When he came back on stage, I was like, yes. I My absolute favorite shot is, you know, when he dunks his hand, his yeah. mother in cold water. I just love that shot so much. I just think it's, it's just like, it just shows how much dedication he had. The ca- and the car crash scene. Yeah, just, yeah. I, to be honest, I I had a huge I had a huge problem with that because it was just very unrealistic in terms of there was no way in the world that a guy would come in covered in blood, like blood everywhere, like clear, something's clearly gone very wrong, and he's supposed to have just gone out to the car and back. Now this guy's covered in blood that not a single person in the band, not a not not even Fletcher, as bad as he was, and even worse, not a single person in the entire audience goes. Is he okay? Fletcher lets him play. Yeah. Like, he could have murdered somebody. He could have been <laughs> an accident. No, I'm, I'm dead. Yeah. So, covered in blood. And yeah. you're just like, yeah, go on stage and drum. The car was fucking upside down as well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I can understand yeah, him I mean, being able to run because I know that whole, like, adrenaline thing yeah. when you're in a crash. The fact that he hadn't broken anything, even though I know his hands are a bit messed up, but, like, I don't know. Like, he was too well off, but I, I liked it. Have you ever been in a car crash? No. You don't get a sort of adrenaline where like you can run. You're like shaken, uh, but it's it's not it's not one where you're just like yeah. pumped and you're gonna fucking lift a car up. It's yeah. <laughs> it's one where you're just a bit shaken and you're kind of like stunned more so. Do you know the director? The reason like 
he got the idea for the film is because he was a drummer in like high school. He was like pretty big into drumming and he played Whiplash and that other song Caravan mm -hmm. himself. So a lot of the stuff from the movie is like from his own kind of experience. When you were watching the movie, could you tell like when Fletcher would like give out about something being out of tune and stuff, were you able to notice that? Yeah, they did like the music was he was like off on some bits. It, it wasn't just like your man was saying it. He was. They had the music like lined up and stuff. Could you hear it yourself? Yeah, yeah you can hear that stuff. Like w once you're in kind of like music groups, like yeah. there's a thing where like, like you have to focus on your own part and block everyone else out. And yeah. like when you're doing music for leaving certain stuff like that, you have to hear like everything. pick pick out a certain instrument. Yeah. So you have to try and like block everything else out and just listen to what this one person is playing. Yeah. And that's basically like what you're doing. You're like trying to block out the rest, but like listen to the drum kit and you can hear that they're slightly off. Yeah, like I could hear the out of tune thing. When they were when he first called it, I was like, oh, I want to call the it. The out of tune was very hard to hear. Until okay. until he pulled it. But the, there was some bits where I was like, yeah, no fair. Like, I understand that. But other times I was like, I could not. When he's like, not quite my tempo. I was like, mm, what is this? Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. Until literally, when he kept going fast or slow, I couldn't yeah. tell until he slapped them. See, see there's, a couple, there's, tell. there's a couple of things that I was like kind of picky about <laughs> with stuff like that. Like, he asked them to start counting like the 215 yeah. rhythm. Nobody. That's what I was thinking. Can I felt really that. bad because I was like, I don't think I could do that. No, like even a musician can't. Yeah. Like can, a conductor, a lot of the time, what they do is like if they have a watch, they look at the second clock and that'll give them 60. And then if they want 120, they'll double it and that type of thing to give them like a rough idea. But you're not. It's just, like just stuff like that is unrealistic and no okay. conductor is ever going to ask you to do it unless he's just trying to make a show of you. I think that was what he was really doing, though. Like he's forced yeah. an excuse. Also, who took the folder? I think Fletcher did. Yeah, probably. No, I, yeah, it never showed that. No. I was waiting for I it, wish but. that came out at the end where he was like, I used the ginger guy to like... Drive annoy, him on. Yeah, yeah. and annoying. so I wish he was like, and I took the fold. Do you know what I mean? Like, But no one ever... So I'm assuming it was Fletcher, but even at that, it was very quick. Because your man put... He throws the folder down, goes to the vending machine. And it's gone. And it's gone. And I'm like, what? And you won't see anyone walking yeah. past. And I feel like the other student that like took his own life, like, like you could see why... And you could predict that even if Neiman stayed with your man, I think that would have happened inevitably. Because literally his whole life was suddenly surrounded and like dedicated to drums. And I just feel like it was way too much. I think that moment where you find out that he killed himself, mm. the other guy, was like the real moment where I was like, okay, yeah, Fletcher went too far. Like you understand what Fletcher's trying to do. He's trying to push him. He's trying yeah. to make success. Yeah. And you're kind of questioning like you are being an awful person, but like, are you, is this what's necessary to be the best? Like, do you need yeah. someone to drive you on like this? And you're thinking about it, you think about it, but it was the moment when he comes in and he is upset because his old student died of a car accident. And then you find out he actually killed himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the moment when you find out that he is lying. About, about that, that yeah. I was like, okay, no, he's taking it too far. No, there's no redemption here for Fletcher. Like, that's yeah. too far. I did love that moment, though, where at the in the final scene where, like, Neiman, he comes out and then Fletcher just walks by and was like, I'm not an idiot. Like, I know it was you. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, there we go. <laughs> he's done. But then Fl Fletcher warms to him when he, like, keeps on yeah, playing his solo like and he's just, like, moments. fucking doing a good job here. Yeah, because there's three moments where he's, like, Suddenly he's lost power and like Neiman's taken it completely. And Fletcher's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And then he changes again. He's like trying to help him mm. and like to be better. They team up. But then it just ends and I'm like, oh. Why? Just, what did you want? I don't know. I just, I didn't think it was going to end that quick. 
I thought it was a good ending, though. It was a good ending, and it made sense, but I was still just like, because oh. Because it's kind of like they had that whole speech of like, like when they're in that bird and he yeah. says something like that he hasn't found him yet. Yeah. But I kind of like felt like the ending was I that, found him. yeah, we yeah. found him. This is like another great. Yeah, I did enjoy the movie. It was good. It was always mm. one of those ones where I was like, oh, I should probably watch that. And I just never have. But here we are again. This really was great for me watching good movies I've never seen. Same. And I think the Oscar was well deserved. And his arms. He's ripped. Yeah, he is ripped. I also, I really liked that scene where they had a tune scene where he was like to your man, like, where you <laughs> There's not a Mars bar then, Yeah. He's like, what do you look for? There's not a Mars bar down there. What are you looking for? And then he just kicks him out and he was like, he wasn't even out of tune, but he didn't know and that's yeah. worse. <laughs> it was you. But that means neither did the other guy. That pissed me off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Ericsson didn't speak up either. He just kept Yeah, I know. So he didn't know either. Yeah. yeah. Another know. another thing was funny when do you know where there was like the lower grade band as well. This is meant to be the top, like the top school is what they say yeah. to go music school. And then he gets like a couple of people to play, and a couple of people play the part really well. But then a couple of people literally just like throw out complete garbage notes. Yeah. And you're like, you're meant to be in a top fucking yeah. music school. Well, like I think maybe it was just nerves and pressure, maybe so. rather than like they can't do it. Give them the benefit of the doubt. There is still that element of like, if you are really that good, you shouldn't crumble under pressure. No, like there is, there is pressure. Doing, yeah. And they actually did a good job of that in the movie. Like they did kind of build up kind of like pressure and stuff. Like like when, when the band was playing, you kind of like were anticipating it to start. And you do get that sort of feeling like that a lot of pressure when you're on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. it was. But the whole like even when he's like on the final performance and the mud is sweating and just like rubbing sweat yeah. off his hands as he's up there. That's one thing I always did as well. I always rub my, rubbing my um, knees with my hands to get the sweat done. What do you play? Well, piano for that. Oh, yeah. Same. No, I'm not as good, though. Yeah, that was that was the biggest wildcard ever was Orla playing piano. <laughs> and I, I couldn't. I have a one-trick pony with the piano. I did for my leave. Like, I'm on grade eight, but I didn't do it. And what? Yeah, like, I just didn't Damn. do my eighth grade. Because I was like, I don't want to do it. And I went to college, and it was too hard, and I just left it. I was like, I don't want to teach. I just want to be able to play. But I did it for my leave, sir. And I loved doing it for leave, sir. Like, I had a great time playing my pieces, because I just pulled up old ones from exams, and then I played... Did you do the four for the leave, sir? Yeah. I had a great time. Damn. I was in there every day playing the piano, and then overplayed them. Because you can do that, you can over practice your pieces, and suddenly they all went bad again, like a week before. And I was like, "What does that mean?" What you so basically, you have them, and then you keep on playing, but then you start making a mistake, and it just gets, you, and then you kind of get a bit stressed out because you're okay. I kind of and know. Sometimes what you mean. your hands can just run away with you then, like because you're like you just you know it too well that like you, yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I remember being in an exam and stuff, and like once you do something, the examiner's kind of like writing yeah. down, kind of like just comments and stuff on the report yeah. card. And you know your songs so well that you're kind of playing them. And I remember the examiner like turning over a page and I'm just like using peripheral vision. and I'm just watching her playing over. And then you're like, shit, I'm meant to be concentrating yeah. on You just I'm black doing. out. Like you're just suddenly you're just playing and you don't even know where you are. And then you kind of mess up and you look up at your piece and you're like, I don't know where I am or what just happened there. Yeah, like, it's, it's fine. It's fine as long as you don't make a mistake. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, if you yeah. do, you're kind of like, yeah, sugar. Yeah. yeah, then I stopped playing and then we were at a party and we were all, it was like six o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh, I'll play the piano to this. Couldn't, I cannot play. If there's any amount of alcohol in my system, suddenly it's just like hands are just on no it was, second. The whole, it wasn't just you. Like, and Sean was like, oh yeah, and I'm a class singer as well. And I was like, what yeah. is going on here? Where are all these yeah. talented people? Talented, I don't know. Yeah. Get a live little session going. Yeah. <laughs> get a band going. Get the band together. What can you, you do? Aaron and Sean. <laughs> And Loman, me and Loman split the piano. And I can be like um, a background dancer or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> On the radio. Background yes. I think that's what the people want. 
that's that 100 percent yeah 100 <laughs> our last show we'll have a live studio session yeah. if you want that you let us know <laughs> yeah if you got yeah, like a text number no messages <laughs> <laughs> we lost 100 followers yeah. <laughs> right right conspiracy time yes favorite time so, you take this one away because i actually have never heard of this in my life yeah, I didn't know it was a thing you do until the weekend. I googled conspiracy theories. I was like, I want to do something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's the hollow earth theory. Okay. Basically, the world is hollow. And I was like, oh of my course. God, yes. So we'll give some background, I suppose, on it. For thousands of years, like every religion, civilizations, they've all been like, oh my God, there must be something underneath us in the ground. Like this has been a thing for yeah. as long as people have been around. They're like, no, there's people living in the planet, gods beneath us and all this. It's in Buddhism, Buddhism, isn't it? Like loads of people believed in this. Like okay. it wasn't just like one set of people, but it had never any evidence to back this up. And then along came this guy, this scientist called Edmund Haley. Have you ever heard of Haley's comment? Comet? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Same guy. So okay. the same guy who calculated the paths comets take. He essentially tried to map the magnetic field all around the globe, but it was really difficult. It was so unpredictable. This was probably why loads of people at sea kept getting lost when they used their compass. Yeah. And it, he's right. The magnetic poles do shift over time. They kind of wobble about. And so he thought the only way that this can be explained is if the world is hollow and then there's like an atmosphere and then there's like another sphere and then okay. it's hollow again and then there's another sphere. So it's like made up of layers with like atmospheres in between and each layer has its own magnetic field and each layer rotates independently. They all rotate differently and it's all these magnetic fields inside getting crossed over that mess up our magnetic field and that's why it moves. That has to be it. So he was convinced that the world was hollow with layers inside it. Now, when you think about it, he was right about there being layers to the earth. There's the outer core and the inner core. And then there's like magma in between. Have you got a year of when he came up with this? It's late 1600s, 1690 something, 92 maybe, something like that. Um, So a long time ago, Mm. Um, it was around Newton's time. Because Newton, he was actually, he knew Newton and he was kind of basing it off something Newton said as well, where Newton said that the earth is less dense than the moon. Not sure how he came up with that. So he was like, well, if it's hollow, it. It's less dense, so it kind of adds up. But like he did say different layers. He got that right. And he did say something inside had to be moving to be messing the magnetic field, which is also correct Mm. because that is what happens. All the molten molten metals in the center keep messing up the magnetic field. So the guy wasn't that far off. He just, the atmospheres in between the layers is kind of where he went wrong. He's coming up with something with like all the information he had. Yeah. But people, people took this as like, there has to be space. They decided this was, this explains stuff like uh, Aurora Borealis, uh, the Northern Lights. The atmosphere would leak out. Oh. Of these atmospheres, because apparently he thought like the atmospheres and thing would like they are neon and luminous and all this. People kind of like people jumped on this like straight away. They're like, yes, it's hollow. And then this guy called Sims published a paper. Now, this guy had no education. And I don't know why people listen to him, but yeah. he became famous for this. And he was like saying on the North Pole and the South Pole, there's two entrances into the earth. And there's like this forgotten world in there. Like this is like paradise in there. And like it's got to happen. He basically sent this message to every single person in education. Like he was like sending this to professors and stuff. He applied to the government several times being like, we need funding to go explore this, to find these holes. And like people were like, yeah, no, this is, this is legit. And okay. so like it kind of grew from there. And then another really noticeable person is Admiral Richard Byrd, who was a polar explorer. So he flew with his plane and in his diaries, he said that he claimed to have seen the entrances into the earth inside at the north and south pole at the north and south pole and he like went inside like there was green pastures and like all these amazing people like this different race 
and all of this. And this was in his diaries. And then he kept talking about this. And eventually the government were like, shut up. <laughs> and, um, and he said they had like UFOs and stuff. And um, they were not happy about World War II. They were very annoyed about it. We made a lot of noise in the room. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to sleep down yeah. here. <laughs> they were like having a party with all their like atomic bombs and not happy about it. So, okay. And they sent him back being like, look, tell your government. That's where it comes from. There was this guy in 2002 or three named something Thompson, yeah. who he's in a car crash. And then when he woke up from his car crash, he was filled with knowledge about this hidden civilization. And um, he published a book on this. Right. His face is and, then he, <laughs> and then he used the money from the book to try and pay for an expedition to the North Pole. And the guy he was going with then died just beforehand. He disappeared. Okay. Like this guy disappeared. And people were like, where is he? Where is he gone? What happened? Yeah. And so they think that he got taken because he by wanted to people. go there by the people. Got what he wanted. He got in he there. He got down there, yeah. So that he's gone now. Now other people are saying his book is actually heavily plagiarized, so he's hiding from the law. <laughs> <laughs> because he made a lot of money from the book. Yeah. And then he disappeared. No, there's a lot of people who believe that the Nazis are down there. Of course. And no, and this is this is actually uh, evidence is a, is a bit of a stretch here. But it is known that the Nazis and Hitler did believe that a civilization inside the earth is possible. Because they did send an expedition. They send a submarine up there to the north to try yeah, and find the did. entrance. Right. Like they, they did believe this and they think that they might have found it and that they took Hitler down there and Hitler's still chilling there to this day because they have such advanced medicines. Why did they pick the north and south pole? Because that's one of the places we haven't explored yet. There's another thing where... Enough. Have you ever heard of like the Coriolis effect? No. That's like the effect of... When you're going on um, those, what are those things in a playground that spin around? Roundabouts. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're going on those and you like roll the ball. It flies off to the side. Yeah, it goes like off to the side. So like if you drill down into the earth from anywhere other than the north and south pole, like let's say you just had a cannonball or you just drop something down, a hole that you drilled in um, from Ireland, it, it won't just fall straight down. It'll like curve and go into the side it'll go yeah. like east or whatever from wherever you're drilling into by doing that the north and south pole it will actually just go straight down there you go that's your axis he built the whole for them Loman is part of the <laughs> Loman actually was down there it was actually reason. like yeah. some dist- like great great <laughs> but yeah yeah <laughs> do you believe in it no do, I, n- do i believe in it no no, I don't. Well, the I'm, I'm, I'm solo, guys. I... You think it's legit? <laughs> no. What do you That's think is down there? the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The hollow earth? Yeah. I just thought it was a nice twist because you always hear flat earth. Flat earth gets all the attention. I was like, hollow earth, yeah, let's listen yeah, to these. Yeah, I mean, it's something jobs. different, but... I mean, no. Do we not? Is it not just known that it's all just... There's another thing blah, of, like, the furthest that we've ever drilled down has been 12 kilometers. Yeah. And that's at some um, borehole in Russia. And I... And they stopped at 12 kilometers down because it got to 180 degrees. Yeah. It was too hot. So do you think that if we actually had enough technology and equipment to get through that temperature, we'd drill into, like, in the core? No, you got to go from the north and south pole. Like, like the hole's already there. Why are we drilling holes? The entrance is there. And, no, I will say this. Two years ago, a new hole opened up on the north pole. As in, in the middle, like, in the ice, in the middle of it, a hole opened up. To where? Have they gone in? They haven't gone in yet because it's scary. How big is the hole? Oh, quite Maryland. So, like, that's a state. <laughs> it's quite Whoa. big. And, like, oh, it, it, it was it existed for 40 years ago, and then it just closed up. And then two years ago, it opened up again. It's like a big door. And why are these yeah. lads not coming out to be like, well... Because they think we're, bit, we're Muppets. They're kind of just like, I'm not. These Earth uh, lads. Bit rowdy. So there's a whole entire Earth part two it's underneath better, us. Like, bigger plants. Like, 
potatoes the size of you, like they're just <laughs> human-sized potatoes. That? They're also bigger people. I don't like that. Now. They're all everything in there is just big. It's big. Know. You had me before the big people. Yeah. <laughs> See now I don't You're so, <laughs> your next really holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. All right, know. fine. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. That's yeah, freaky though because I remember when I was younger, I, was, I said this side of and he actually thought I was insane. But I used to think that we were like on like a show and that there was people watching us. Yeah. Live our lives and they're just like watching all this our whole lives unfold. Bit like Truman Show. Yeah. And like, what if that's them watching us? They've big From screens. Inside. You know, like Men in Black when they have the screens up. That means we're slebs. <gasps> big brother. Actually, just before we finish, um, speaking of alternative universe, was on TikTok. And um, one of those shower talk videos came back up. Okay. And one of them was, if there are infinite, infinite amounts of universes, yeah. there's no fiction. There's no such thing as fiction. Mind blown. Okay, you already knew that. Wait, you? no, that's not, that's not true. That's a lie. That's not true because we, they still have, don't, don't they still obey the laws of physics? Fair. Do they? Boom. Like magic just, just doesn't suddenly exist. Okay. Anyway, guys, thank you for this. Yeah. <laughs> my heart's broken <laughs> and my dreams are dead. So. And that's all we have for you this week. Thank you for listening and we'll hopefully see you again next week.